Welcome to Mission Uplift. This is Jen, and I am so glad you're here. I've shared the past few weeks about Uplifting Advent, our four-week live teaching series on YouTube. Week one was on hope with Christian Williams, and week two was on peace with Brandy Benson. Throughout the month of December, I'll be sharing portions from our Monday night live streams here on the podcast. I'm thrilled to introduce to you my dear friend, Brandy Benson. Brandy is a disciple, a wife, a mother of four, a teacher, and a social media holdout. The story of God told by God fascinates her endlessly. She is a lover of stories and storytellers and a book hoarder with no hope of recovery. Check out Brandy's message on peace. Thank you, Jen. Jen has grown to be a dear friend of mine. I am so um, thrilled and kind of humbled that um, she afforded me this opportunity. We did meet in seminary and that's actually part of my story of how God showed me his peace. I found myself in seminary and uh, being a mom and a wife and um moving my life from what was comfortable. And I had, I remember one of the professors saying that um, seminary is a good place to break, right? And that the Lord has drawn some of us here for that breaking. And um, I thought, well, I've already been broken. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but um, what I found is that what had to break down was some of my ideas about who God was and how he works in my life. And it is so kind of him to just continue to do the renewing of my mind as I as I search his word and and just speak with him through prayer and um, and listen for the Holy Spirit in my life. So um, I want to dive in uh, to this Christmas story. Um, because I think that we can see the fruit of the peace Christ has already provided in our lives. And so I'm going to read Luke, the first chapter, not in its entirety. Um, but when you get time, uh, go ahead and, and join the reading with Jen and to read Luke through the month. It will bless you um, when you read the story of God and how he's working in and through us. It's it's, it's a beautiful story. So we're going to start in Luke. And, and I'm a name person. Even when I was little, I was obsessed with people's names. I used to ask everyone what their middle name was. I had to know. I thought even before I knew how God used names in the Bible, that names had to be important, you know, and I was one of those kids who always looked for my name when we'd go in a gift shop or something. Most of the time it wasn't there because um, my name is spelled correctly with an I and not a Y. So it wasn't there often, but names are important. And so um, also what I found too, which um, this seems off topic, but really not um, that when we look for names, sometimes it's in the Greek or the Latin. And if you cannot find your name in Greek and Latin, look somewhere else. There are other very beautiful languages um, that English speaking sites will say don't have meaning. And I found that not to be true very often. So look through some other languages for your name. Um, 
So anyway, Theophilus, because it's important to our topic, means loved by God or friend of God. And, you know, whether it's written to a person named Theophilus or to anyone who might read the pages, God saw fit that we would read it. So we're going to read it knowing that we are Theophilus. We are loved by God. We are a friend of God, because I find also what you your perspective of God will color how you read his story. And so we are loved by God and we are a friend of God. Uh, Luke 1, we're going to start at the 26th verse. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will, call the son, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So what is this blessing that one receives when they believe the Lord will fulfill his promises? Because I'm thinking, Mary, you got a long road ahead, sister. Uh, those nine months are going to be filled with great and terrible aspects of pregnancy. Um, you have joy and the hope of new life. And then you have morning sickness and, and swollen ankles. And um, you have the expectancy of what motherhood will look like. Um, but then you have the dread of the stares and the whispers of those surrounding you, right? Because they were gossiping. Um, if you fast forward in the story, you know what they thought, you know. They said of Jesus, isn't this Joseph's son, right? Not everyone believed Mary's story. Not everyone believed that anything good could come from a woman pregnant before marriage, right? Not to mention what the angel said, that this baby was never going to be like fully hers. She was never going to choose a wife for him or um, going to have grandchildren through him. Like she was raising a sacrifice. Um, and in the Old Testament, to keep a sacrifice pure, you had to bring it into your house. You can't, you can't keep it unblemished and leave it out in the elements. And so you had to care for it 
in your house and 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 then you had to take it to sacrifice right how much more mary's sacrifice is going to be the word says a sword will pierce her heart right she is mother losing a child and you 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 know it before he's even born right though this is a great honor this is a weighty calling right and i believe someone listening is walking through a weighty call right you're doing what you have to do, right? You're you're working from home and you're COVID schooling or you're homeschooling. You're taking care of your kids and taking care of your parents. Maybe you have a loved one who has special needs. You have a job you hate, but you're putting in all the applications and nobody's calling you back or you know your anxiety about COVID is high and yet your job has you among the masses, right? You have to work at, at the department store or you know at the hospital or you know, out of school, right? So there are many people who are walking through a weighty call right now. Many people are just battling for their physical or mental health, you know? So what is the blessing? And I actually believe that the blessing is the peace of God. Um, we know that in the Old Testament, God is called Jehovah Shalom. And Jesus is called our Prince of Peace. I believe that the blessing in the calling is the peace of God. So, and as I say that, you know, and as I read the story, I'm saying, um, and maybe you're saying like, how? <laughs> how is there peace in the ruckus of my kids home all day and eating everything and throwing their clothes everywhere and bickering with each other all day? Is that just me? Is that just my kids? Okay. It's possible, but I, I I don't think so. I think somebody else knows how it's feeling out there. And so um, how? How do I work with this person I don't trust? How do I wait for the test results and have peace, right? Um, let's look at verse 28. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you you who are highly favored. I want to go two different places with this one verse. Um, first, you who are highly favored. This is the verse that comes to mind when people say favor ain't fair. You might have seen somebody post that or just Mary is being asked to walk through something that could potentially get her killed. In this time, a person could be stoned to death for adultery, right? That's that's what happens when they bring the woman to Jesus and say, hey, we caught her in adultery. We're supposed to stone her, right? Mary could be killed for what God is asking her, what God has chosen her to do, right? So, so is Jesus because God will, he will put more on you than you can bear, but he will not put more on you than you can bear with him, right? But he also never asks you to do something he's not willing to go first in. So from the moment Jesus is conceived, he is hunted and Mary and Joseph with him. So that's what favor looks like. And that's the kind and that kind of favor isn't fair and nor is it for selfish ambition. Right. Because um, God is never doing one thing. His favor for Abraham was so that all generations would be blessed. It's pointing to this moment that Christ is coming. His favor towards Joseph for, was for the saving of many lives. His favor towards Mary and Joseph is for the saving of many lives, for your life, for my life. So that's favor, you know? And when you're favored, when you have that call that requires much faith, faith, 
God will give you peace because he is with you. He was with Abraham and Sarah. He was with Joseph. He was with Mary. His presence is our peace. And when the disciples are in the boat with Jesus and the storm is raging, they wake Jesus, right? They're like, Jesus, you don't care if we die. And Jesus says, I love this. He says to the storm, peace be still, right? But then he turns to his disciples and he says, I shouldn't have had to do that. That's the Brandy paraphrase, don't. Uh, he, say, he says that they have little faith, right? But what he's really saying is like, I'm in the boat. I'm in the boat. If you knew, if you really believed who I was, me simply being in the boat would assure you, right? It would give you peace. I'm with you. You're good, right? So when I pray, my almost constant ask is, God, open my eyes, open my ears and my heart so I can tangibly experience you today. Because I know that if he's with me, I'm good. Um, and that's where our peace as believers come from. Mary, you still have to walk this road. This baby is still coming. And not one of the circumstances arounding, around this conception and pregnancy are going to go away. And not only that, it's my will that everyone knows what's going on right? Everyone knows that you are pregnant and you're not married yet. But she can have peace because God is with her and he's with you and he's with me. So how does Mary know God is with her, right? Because Gabriel came and told her, <laughs> right? The angel comes and tells her. But for us, for me, for you, right? Angel in its basic definition of the word means messenger. So um, God in his sovereignty can still send an angel to you. He can send a vision like he sent to Joseph, but he could send your spouse or your pastor or your trusted mentor or your friend. He could send, he could use the gift of discernment, right? Um, he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask, right? So he sends Gabriel to Mary, but let's see what she does with that information because I think that's even more important. After Gabriel gives her the, Mary, the message, Mary submits to the will of God, right? She says, let it be, right? I'm, 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 I'm the Lord's servant. I, I'm submitted to what he's doing, right? Um, so submission to the will and plan of God. If you're fighting against him, how can you have peace? If you're fighting against what he has allowed in your life, um, you surely won't have peace. Um, I'll, I'll say when he was calling away from seminary, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I finally found somebody to fund, <laughs> to fund this. And you're saying, um, yeah, it's going to be a sacrifice, right? Because it's easy to give up things. It's easy to do things for God that doesn't cost you anything. But at this point, he was saying, I, I'm actually, I, I'm asking for a sacrifice. And so I was fighting against it. I, I was fighting against him. I'm just going to, you know, that's confession. We among friends. <laughs> um, um, I'm rebellious in my nature, asked my mother, you know, so um, uh, I was fighting against him and I, I could not get peace. So the first thing that Mary does is just submit. Let it be. Whatever, what you said, let it be. But then what Mary does is look for confirmation. 
So submission to his will and confirmation of his presence, right? Mary gets up and she hurries to see Elizabeth. Read the whole chapter. Um, this is such a good story. God is so detail oriented. Um, Elizabeth has been in seclusion, right? She's 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 an older lady. She's a she's a mature, a, a silver saint. We would call him in my church back in Kansas. So her husband works as a priest. They're well. They're taken care of, right? And this juxtaposition between these two women, this contrast, says a whole lot about what God is doing. Um, whenever you see a contrast in any story, I'm an English teacher before seminary. So whenever you see contrast, you need to pay attention, right? One is well to do, the other is not. And yet God was working through both of these families, right? When you hear the message from God, don't discount it because of your station. He calls, he calls, he calls us all, right? And he's placed us where we're at for what he's calling us to do. So these two ladies, one old, one young, one well-established in the community, one really about to have her coming out party of sorts, right? Elizabeth tried for decades to have a child and she couldn't, but Mary didn't try at all. She's pregnant, right? So, and, and this, is, this, is, this, is, this is crazy. Like Elizabeth's shame has been taken away by the same events that are creating shame for Mary, right? Those whispers and those, those quiet rooms when she comes in, right? So Elizabeth prayed for so long that her and her husband had, you know, kind of given up on um, on having a baby even, you know? And so I, I want to say this because, again, names are super important to me. And Zachariah and Elizabeth's marriage is such a word about what marriage is meant to do for other believers, married or single, right? It, marriage is not the epitome of favor, but but... Zachariah's name means God remembers and Elizabeth means God's oath or God's promise. So when people, when people greet them, right, after two become one, people greet them, Zachariah, Elizabeth. And to everyone who hears, they also hear God remembers God's promises, right? I mean, this is what uh, a union made by God. And it doesn't have to be just a marriage because I believe that God makes many unions, right? But when two people, when two or three are joined together, he is in the midst of them. God remembers God's promises, right? So Elizabeth's in seclusion, right? When Mary comes to her and I will be too, um, this would have been crazy news, right? Uh, you know how we we are barren women would have been coming and trying to rub her belly and, you know, having Zachariah pray over wombs and stuff. And hey, I've had somebody pray over my womb. I'm, I'm not judging, but um, that's how we would have been. So she's in seclusion. Um, Mary, she submitted to what Gabriel has said. Then she gets right up and goes to confirm what he said. She goes to Elizabeth and verifies that God has already done what he's doing. This is so important for us. God has already done what he's doing. There's nothing new under the sun. Mary is a woman who shouldn't be able to get pregnant, but Elizabeth is also a woman who shouldn't be able to get pregnant, right? He's not doing something new, right? He's making fruitfulness where there shouldn't be fruit. He's making rivers in the desert, right? Mary submits and she looks for confirmation. She goes and finds Elizabeth and Elizabeth confirms that she is indeed pregnant, but also that 
God is with Mary, right? Because the angel said, God is with you. And, and, and here's what he said, Elizabeth's pregnant too. God is doing what he's doing with you with somebody else. So it confirms again that what Gabriel said, God is with you is true, you know? And Elizabeth says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you bear. Often God confirms after submission, right? If you haven't moved on what he said to you, don't look for confirmation. And without confirmation, it's really hard to have peace, right? Um, so um, because the word says, you know, without faith, which is believing with your actions, it is impossible to please God, to come to God. First, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So um, you have to submit to his will. And he is not above you confirming, right? Looking for confirmation of what you said. Mary's peace comes from God's continually sending people to confirm what he said. So Joseph is going to divorce her, right? But the angel comes to him and then he comes back and he says, okay, you know, the angel said that which confirmed what you said, which confirms Mary, you know? Um, and sometimes we think, you know, I shouldn't need confirmation. I should just be able to go. Well, um, if you're going on something that you heard, you think you heard from God, sometimes that's problematic because sometimes you just heard yourself, right? So sometimes you just heard a good word. It wasn't the word of God. So we, we do need to look for confirmation when we think we heard God. So um, Joseph is obedient. Mary gets more confirmation. Um, and this, this couple has a hard road ahead, literally and figuratively on their trip to report for the census, Mary is ready to give birth. She's, she's riding a donkey nine months pregnant and Joseph, poor Joseph, he has to ride with her. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine my goodness and the ride back home? Yikes, you know? Um, but while they're there, having completed um, the hard journey there, here come the shepherds who have been told by angels that there is a gift you have to see. Right. And then the wise man from the East come laying gifts before a king. They've been led there by a star and they've been waiting in a, a tiptoe anticipation for this king. And finally they get to see him and all of this. I mean, confirmation and gifts. Uh, that's that sound like God to me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, when they present Jesus, Mary and Joseph, they go later in the story. Right. They go to present Jesus in the temple. And there are two people there. Simeon, a man who had been told, you know, by the Holy Spirit, he wasn't going to die until he saw the Christ child. And then there's a woman, um, Anna, a prophet in the temple, and both confirmed to the parents what God said about Jesus, right? Anna begins prophesying at 84 years old to who Christ is, to anyone who comes in the temple, right? I mean, it must have been so, so, I mean, it must have been so exciting, you know, to finally have the thing that you've been waiting for. They've been waiting for it. I mean, you think Anna's been waiting for it 84 years, but the people really have been waiting for it. Um, the whole existence of Israel, right? We've been waiting for this. And finally, it's here. And time after time, it says that Mary treasures these experiences, um, these words of confirmation in her heart. She carries them with her faith to faith, right? Each confirmation holds her until the next. But you have to have ears to hear, right? Because it's easy to write off what God is doing. Um, I read the story about this man 
who gets lost while he's hiking. Y'all might've heard this. Um, it was recent. His heart stops, but because of the cold temperatures, um, his organs are still viable. And so the doctors put him on some kind of bypass. I'm not a medical person. <laughs> so they put him on some kind of bypass machine to keep his blood pumping until they can warm his body up to temperature. And the man's heart starts beating and he's alive. And the doctor says, the doctor says he was essentially dead and then he was resurrected. But then he adds, but it wasn't a miracle. It was science, right? That's what, that's why I pray, Lord, open my eyes, my ears and my heart so I can experience you today. It could be science and a miracle, right? They aren't mutually exclusive, but we have to be open to what God is doing and keep track of your confirmations, right? Um, of your answer prayers, of your angel encounters. They'll sustain you like they sustained Mary. You know, um, they will remind you like Zachariah and Elizabeth that God remembers God's promises. They will hold you until the next confirmation comes. Um, he has already done what he's doing and that will give you peace in the in-between. So submission to his will, confirmation of his presence, and lastly, affirmation for your faith. Um, for me, confirmation is you're on the right road keep going. Affirmation is you're winning at it, right? Or at least you're doing well, right? So where is Mary's affirmation? I think it's in verse 30. You have found favor with God. It took me a minute to get this because I was looking for words of affirmation. I'm a word person. I have an English degree. I have a journalism degree. Words is, I, I need the words, right? <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I was looking for it. Hey, Mary, that son of yours, you did a good job, right? Um, but there isn't any. So where's her affirmation? I think her affirmation is in God choosing her. Of all the women throughout all the generations, God said, I choose Mary because he could trust her with the trouble. I was reading Job um, and it seems so unfair that God suggests Job. He nominates Job for trouble, right? Him allowing the trouble is evidence of what he's put in you. This is his affirmation. He chose this testimony for you. And it's not about perfection, just the opposite. It's more about, um, if the Bible is any indication, how quickly you make it back to the source, back to the foot of the cross, back to the submission to his will. Because if you're submitted to his will, you are in his favor. God is with you. So you don't have to go find your happy place in your mind or, or physically. I mean, those, those places are great. And mental happy places and physical happy places, those are great. But um, you don't have to have those. You don't have to try to control the people and circumstances in your life. You don't have to pretend your anxiety is not in the red, right? He's in the boat with you. And that's the source of our peace because we know Christ, we know peace, right? So submission to his will, confirmation of his presence and affirmation in your faith. And these are the sources of our peace. I'd like to pray. Lord, I thank you for your path to peace. I pray that our eyes and our ears and our hearts are open to tangibly experience you during this Advent season and beyond. I pray that we experience your peace and our submission to your will and the confirmation of your presence and the affirmation of you choosing each of us for the calling. 
with you, it doesn't matter if the storm is raging, your spirit is with us. And in you, we have peace. We receive the gift of peace that you have already made available to us through Christ. In the matchless name of Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Submission to his will, confirmation of his presence, and affirmation for your faith. Brandy shared such a rich message on peace. And there are so many nuggets of wisdom, like how God remembers God's promises and God has already done what he is doing. I loved when Brandy talked about God making fruitfulness where there shouldn't be fruit and rivers in the desert and how when we know Christ, we know peace. Thank you so much, Brandy, for sharing this message on peace. Normally, at the end of a podcast, I'll tell you to head over to our guest social media pages and send a word of encouragement. Well, like I mentioned in the beginning, Brandy's a social media holdout. She's not on social. But I still want you to send her some love. And you can do so by emailing Mission Uplift or leaving comments on our social media that we can share with her. You know what we're about around here, so let's uplift the uplifters. Week three of Uplifting Advent continues on YouTube on Monday night, and our friend Angela Sirocco is teaching on joy, and I cannot wait. I hope you can join us live December 14th at 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. If you do stop by, be sure to say hi in the chat, and we have a free Uplifting Advent gift for you, so check out the link in the show notes or in the description on YouTube. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Mission Uplift podcast and YouTube channel. Follow Mission Uplift on social media. And if you're interested, check out Mission Uplift on Patreon. Mission Uplift is definitely on mission, and I invite you to partner with us. Thank you for stopping by today. I always appreciate that you take the time. Praying that all of us will open our eyes, our ears, and hearts this week and experience the peace of Jesus. Like Brandy reminded us, his presence is our peace.